Welcome to Hallway Conversations with Matt and Dave. We've both been teaching for quite a while now, but we still have plenty of questions about education. And this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about topics that we think are important for Christian educators to consider. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations with Matt and Dave. My name is Matt Beamers. And I'm Dave Mulder. We want to thank you once again for allowing us to be here with you. And we want to thank you for joining us in the hallway. Each week, one of us brings a question and we try to think creatively together about it in the context of Christian education. And we hope our conversation might do for you what it's done for us, which is to provide space for us to learn and reflect on our practice while encouraging each other in our professional and even our personal life. We've actually become friends as we've worked our way through <laughs> Who this. knew? Who, Who knew? knew? <laughs> and if we can make you smile or chuckle along the way once in a while, that's even better. So Dave, earlier this week I was thinking, um, it feels randomly now, about 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul talks about the different gifts and the foot can't oh, yeah. say to the hand, I don't need you, or the American can't say to the Canadian, I don't need you. Like, that's in my own translation. That's right. But uh, that no matter what your gifts, you belong to the body. And just to give you a context, I was thinking about this when I was thinking about an undergrad class that I teach. Um, And they're really diverse in terms of their giftedness and how yet they all belong to the body. Mm. Like, they're all contributing members of our class And if one of them even misses a class, I always feel like we're less than without them. In that class, I've got players on the basketball and softball and track team, people who sing and dance and play instruments and some who volunteer with different organizations. And they're amazing guests. And they're amazing students. Like, they're incredible. And right at the end of, I was thinking about them, because right at the end of chapter 12, it says, um, I will show you the most excellent way. And Paul then, you know, launches into this famous passage about love faith and hope Mm -hmm. and that they remain and now my question is going to be a little different despite this preamble it's not going to be about gifts and it's not going to be about faith hope and love although maybe that is actually part of it but when i was thinking about that passage i got stuck on the word excellent and i actually found Mm -hmm. myself earlier this week googling christian schools that have excellence in their mission statement and there's a lot of them you'd be surprised so I'll just give you a couple of examples. And, and I'm not, these are great mission statements. They're wonderful. So one of them says um, their mission is to be a Christian school of influence char- characterized by academic excellence and caring community. Another one said to, said to provide an excellent educational experience from a biblical worldview in order to produce the next generation of well-rounded servant leaders, right? Like who yeah, doesn't want right. that for their children? Another one said, Our goal is to build disciples and inspire academic excellence through biblically-based education. Hmm. And another one, um, after after a few sentences, says, we want to be a place where academic excellence is provided in a Christian environment. So, that's a long preamble for our hallway conversation. So, in the spirit of not being opposed to excellence, because seriously, who wants to be that guy? And I mean that. (laughs) And this is going to sound like a sharp-elbowed question, but it's not meant to be. And it's not a leading question. So, this is a legitimate wonder. Mm -hmm. Um, Are we in danger or have we made an idol of excellence in Christian schools? Oh, man. And you can't answer yes or no, because that would make for a very (laughs) short podcast. (laughs) Nope. Yeah, See you next time. No. Right. It was a good run, folks. Oh, boy. oh, oh man! Excellence and idol. 
it's so interesting hearing that that series of mission statements and, and like that excellence is maybe a word that you would just kind of gloss over so of course of course a christian school we're going to try to be excellent why would we not right isn't that like part of our um you know living out the cultural mandate and the great commandments and the great commission right that we should do these things with excellence but your your question the way you framed it around idolatry that really hit me and I guess I'm thinking of this in light of a small group I was part of at our church um, years and years ago. And we read, uh, Timothy Keller has a fantastic book called Counterfeit Gods. And I highly recommend this book to all of our listeners. It's a short little book, but it, I, and I'm, I'm not overstating it to say it changed the way I think about idolatry. Wow. Um, and one of the things that Keller says in the book is, um, well, his, his basic idea of what is an idol, it's you're taking a good thing and you're elevating it to become an ultimate thing. Hmm. You're, you're making a good thing an ultimate thing. And I guess I'm thinking about that in light of the way you framed this question around idolatry. Like, I, I want an excellent education for my students. I want an excellent education for my kids. Yeah, who right? doesn't want that? That's what we're, we, yeah. we, we desire. No one wants a mediocre teacher for their kid. Okay. Right? We want an excellent teacher. Absolutely. Right? And, and so my wondering then is, I think excellence is a good thing. Yeah. I, I think it is a good thing, yeah. but are we elevating it then to make it an ultimate thing? That is a fundamental question. Um, as I wondered about this, um, I, f I found myself thinking about uh, when I was an elementary school principal, I had the privilege of interviewing parents. And oh, yeah. quite honestly, it was one of the favorite parts of my job to be able I to bet. share the mission and vision of, of the school where I was at. And one of the questions I would often ask parents is, you know, like what what would what brings you to our school? Mm -hmm. You know, why are you thinking about our school? And there was all kinds, of, you know, hey, the arts, the academics, the athletics. We've heard these are, are good things, and I would follow up that with often saying, for sure, those that's all true. Mm -hmm. Like, what's your what's your deep hope among all hopes for mm -hmm. your child's education? Yeah, yeah, and. I don't, I can't sit here and say that I, I, I don't want to use the word never, but I have a hard time recalling any parents who said their deep hope for their children was excellence. And that's not to say it mm -hmm. wasn't like that. They sure. didn't want that. But if you think about, Hey, what's your deepest hope for your school, for your child's education, for your, for a classroom. And, and so what I found interesting then is if I think about, you know, those mission and vision statements, I, I think I said before, I, I liken a mission and vision statement to, to a promise statement, right? right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. sort of, this is what we're on about. And, and when, I, when I think of the word excellence, my, my question that comes out of that then is, is when we're promising that, what are we promising? <laughs> right. Like, what are we, pro like, what are we promising? And, and part of that is, before, part of that is, is because, quite honestly, Dave, I'm not always sure what the word excellence means anymore well, so maybe yeah. that's part of the struggle and so that could be all that could be all mm -hmm. on me but that's a legitimate struggle for me well, I, I think you're asking an important question by saying that we, we need to know what it is like let's define this thing yeah. right because if you're going to try to operationalize excellence in your yeah. schools policies and programs um, well then you kind of have to know what it is that we're what we're actually grappling yeah. with. and so i don't know when, one of the things that i'm wondering about now when i hear excellence and as i've been thinking about this um, I think a lot of schools in today's school culture would equate excellence with rigor, hmm. right? Yeah, uh, and yeah. and, and make, making a connection there at least. And I'm not I'm not sure that they're the same 
things, but no. I, I think that's maybe a valid way no. of, of making a connection. But I wonder that, like, okay, I, I heard it said one time in a, in a professional development session. I wish I knew who said this because I'd like to cite the source for it. But the question was raised by this presenter. Where do you hear the word rigor in the world today? And it's usually either in the context of education reform. True. Or when you're talking about dead things. That's and not good. Rigor, rigor mortis, <laughs> right? Right. And and I, ooh, that's that was an indictment yeah. for me hearing that because I've always kind of thought, well, I want a rigorous classroom practice. I want you know yeah. high levels of rigor. I want students to be you know working hard, working hard, learning a lot. Well, even rigor. What do we mean by yeah. that? And I guess I've settled for the idea of rigor in my mind is I want it to be appropriately challenging. Yeah. for my students that's what i think of as rigor so is that the same as excellence mm -hmm. then right if, if an excellent education is going to be appropriately challenging for my students yeah. I, I guess i'm thinking about this because schools are primarily academic institutions right that's yeah. that's their primary sphere in society well, that's why we exist like let's that's why right. let's not kid ourselves this is this is a place of learning like that right. is one of the learning targets it has to be yeah right because if it's not then we also have we also have issues <laughs> that's right right seriously yeah. though no right for that's sure. but i'm thinking about this in the context of christian educators and so is our picture of what education is is it more than just academic right yeah. to become an educated person is that more than just hmm. academic excellence and i think the answer is yes yeah but i don't I don't have this fully formed yet. No, as you're talking, I, I can't help, but, um, so I'm thinking about two things. I'm thinking about a book I read many years ago, um, the idols of our time. Oh, and yeah. this was years ago. And, and my, that's why my wonderment is sort of, is, are we in danger of excellence kind of becoming an idol of our time? Like you say, where we are elevating it beyond, something we're giving it more weight than we should right, i i just right. wonder about that mm -hmm. i notice how often we use it i wonder about it i'm not always sure what it what it means mm -hmm. and and then i'm thinking about um some wonderful books where i think about you know uh waltersdorf's educating for shalom oh yeah educating for life uh, i'm thinking about a, a mission statement educating for wholeness Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking about Harold and Brummelin, um, educating for responsive discipleship. Yeah. Um, and, and if I think about a deep, you know, what's my deep hope now I'm speaking as, as a, as a dad and as a teacher, I guess, mm -hmm. to think about, about the students or what kind of classroom do I want my, my children. And again, it's not, it's not that I don't want excellence for them, Yeah. Right. but I, I guess what I'm wondering is, do I want in what context do I want excellence? And mm -hmm. to what end do I want excellence? Like, what's the end goal here? And so I guess as you're talking and listening, I'm, I'm thinking about those words. And I'm thinking, I'm wondering if, you know, if we're educating like for shalom, for life, for wholeness, for responsive discipleship, if we're educating for gratitude, mm -hmm. um, for faithfulness. I wonder if, if, if that becomes our deep hope if out of that um, comes excellence. Like, yeah. do those things well. Focus on those things. Allow those things to be your deep hope. And if you do those well, you will be providing an excellent excellent education, right? Because, yeah. because to hear about, like, academic excellence, again, who, who's opposed to that? Right. I, I guess I would be depending on how you're getting there. But in general, sure. like, I am 
Of course, of course we want that. But I also feel like I don't just want that in academics. Right. Like, and, right. and so I feel like, I feel like, I wonder if we're, if we're falling short then as educations that have Christ at the center where we, where we're like, no, we, we want, if we have all those other things, like I said, that, then maybe that's the excellent way. Maybe mm-hmm. that's how we, we show students a more, a more, ex, a more yeah. excellent way. Um, I don't know, like when you think about that in your class, Dave, if, mm-hmm. if you think about, about excellence, like how do, you, how do you balance that tension of sort of excellence versus, um, you know, faithfulness and gratitude and the right. wonder of God's creation? I, I don't know if you can, that's a tough question well, for me to put you on the spot no, with. No, I'm glad that you asked that though, because I, as you were sharing that, this, this has me thinking about the, the, the bigger question, like what, what is the goal of becoming educated? Like what, what do we hope for? I yeah. love that language of deep hope, but what is my deep hope for my students? What is my deep hope for this institution that I'm yeah. serving? What is my deep hope for me, myself as a teacher, yeah. right? And I probably wouldn't answer that question with excellence. Hmm. I don't know that that's the way I would frame it, right? Even I, though, even though you're not opposed to it. No, no. Yeah. But that's that's probably not the word that would pop to yeah. mind for me, right? And and I guess I'm coming back to we've talked before about this idea of, of education. Education is more than information, yeah. right? It's about yeah. formation. Who who are our students becoming? And yeah. for us as as educators, that we have the opportunity to walk alongside them. And we have a real opportunity to shape the kinds of people they become. And if education is formation, well, then I want it to be about things like gratitude and faithfulness. And I want them to grow as disciples. I feel like those are the kinds of things that we ought to be about as Christian educators. Yeah, I'm suddenly thinking about, you know, we we probably talk every podcast. We probably use John Van Dyke's name every mm-hmm. podcast. And so... Um, we, you know, he's made such a big impact on, on both of our yes, lives and our so understanding <laughs> of, of education. We'll be eternally grateful to him for that. But, but I often think about, he talks about, you know, like the, the purpose of education or like this idea, what's, what's the, what's the primary role of, of a teacher, even in a Christian mm-hmm. classroom. Mm-hmm. And he uses the words like to guide, to unfold, yeah. to enable. And so again, I think in, in, in guiding students, right? Like when we guide students, we're, we're, we're saying, follow us. We'll show you the way, not just academically, but in how we live our lives as, as Jesus followers. Right. And so when, when we do that, I think we are trying to, when we guide them in the way of Jesus and try to point them towards the North star, when, you know, like when they're going a little bit of East and West to say, Hey, we're going that way. I think, I think we're trying to show them an excellent way or, or when we unfold the curriculum to help them understand things they didn't understand before yeah, that right. did not know. Um, we're showing them the wonders and excellence of God's creation and, and you know, um, just, yeah, the different topics that we discuss as we go through a class. And then, and then I think about, like, we're enabling them, right, for this responsive discipleship to contribute to the common good. You know, the place we, we serve at uses the phrase serviceable insight, which, mm-hmm. which I love actually. It's such a, it's such a beautiful phrase as well. And so again, I wonder if in doing those things well, we are showing students a most excellent way. We yeah. are, we are having academic excellence, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but through, like you say, through these formative experiences in, in, in the classroom. Dave, as, as we're talking, I'm, I'm suddenly even thinking about homework. 
Yeah. Um, and where this fits in this conversation, which, which so just hear me out for a <laughs> this second. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> you know, like I was thinking about, um, we give students, hopefully, um, opportunities to um, retake a test. Mm-hmm. Or we do, you know, I've seen, I've seen teachers do multiple drafts, and not just one, but multiple drafts, say, of a writing assignment. Sure, yep. And and in a sense, that that is a desire for excellence, right? But it, but yeah. it's a desire um, in the end to improve their learning. So I'm even thinking about, I don't know, like I know you think a lot about homework, but is there a tie-in sort of to homework and this concept of excellence? Well, I think this is the, the whole idea, right? If, if we're serious about learning, then it takes multiple attempts in learning. Almost anything that really matters that we want students to take away with, they should have multiple attempts, right? Yeah. And so this idea that they can take a good swing at it and get feedback and then have another go at it and get more feedback and like that kind of process of refinement, hopefully then you do wind up with an excellent final product, right? That you're demonstrating deep understanding of something. And is that a way of thinking of excellence? Yeah. And it, and it makes me think then if, if we are on about excellence or Mm -hmm. whatever word we want to use, um, just how actually important it is to give our students that feedback, right? Right. right. To say, to simply say, you know, here's the best I did, or and mm. to give no feedback, um, isn't helpful. It, it doesn't help. St- and if we're in the end, it's about helping students with their learning. Um, how are we even in their learning helping them um, be more excellent? <laughs> right. To simply right. give it back and. Well, I have no idea why I got to be, and I've done that. Trust me, oh, I have I've not helped my students pursue excellence sure. in, in their learning. Um, but it just makes me understand. It makes me think about, um, yeah. And, and we could keep going because now I have I have all kinds of wonderings in my head, even about about pedagogy, mm-hmm. about assessment, um, about homework. But but I do think in the end is to is to wonder, you know, like what is what is the end goal of of even an assignment. Yeah. And and what's the and what's our role in that in helping students? Like I said, pursue excellence in their work mm-hmm. because we want students to achieve at high levels, right? That's, totally. that's I, and I guess I'm thinking in the same sense, right? So what does it mean for me to be an excellent teacher? Yeah. Is that something I'm striving for? I mean, yeah. in in my heart of hearts, yeah, I, I I want to be excellent at my craft, but that's ugh, is there a dark side to that too? Yeah. I guess that's this whole conversation, really, right? Like yeah. discerning those idols. What are we what are we elevating? Um, and, hmm. and at what cost? Yeah, it, you know, it suddenly makes me also think about, Dave, like like you often have talked about education as formation, which I, which I so appreciate, and I think about that more than you want to know. <laughs> but it does make me then think about um, how, have we, how have we formed our students in terms of um, associating excellence with high grades. Right. Like that... That to that to say on the one hand we want to give you multiple opportunities and multiple drafts to improve your learning, and yet also sometimes to weigh that with, you know, I got ninety eight percent, which I never did in high school, but I got ninety eight percent on this assignment, and for some students feeling the anxiety that that's not good enough, right. and so I sometimes wonder if the language of excellence, um in terms of education as formation, mm-hmm. is forming our students to believe that perfection is sort of the standard, that, yeah, right. that it's either, it's either, it is either excellent, it is either perfect, or it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And I feel that tension sometimes as, yeah. as a teacher, because, because on the one hand, we want students to work and learn to the best of their ability. 
And yet on the other hand, there's times where, where you want to say to students, I want to release you. This is good enough. And that doesn't mean mediocre. Right. right. But, but let's also not make an idol of grades, which I wonder if excellence promotes unknowingly sometimes. Yeah. Yep. And I think in the end, it's, it's a good reminder for me that, that, yeah, in the pursuit of excellence, we can be definitely going towards the cross, towards the yeah. way God intended yeah. it to be. So, so I in no way, like even in reading these mission and vision statements, which I do genuinely find compelling, um, is again, it comes back to me, I guess, to think about how do we make sure we give things the proper weight? And, and if mm. I think about that deep hope language, right, to say in the end of education is formation, um, how are we forming our students? How are we, you know, I think our, the goal for many Christian schools is to have their students to be a peculiar people Amen. in the world, right? right? To be like, ah, there's <laughs> something different about about that person. And and maybe excellence is peculiar, although I know a lot, I know it's important to a lot of people. So maybe it's it's one of the things that we can be on about in Christian schools. But But is it the deepest end all be all for us? You know, I like that idea of um, educating in the end for shalom, for right relationships, yeah, right, as Waltersdorf right. talks about, of educating for wholeness, for gratitude, um, for responsive discipleship, and, and trusting if we do those well with the gifts that God has given us, in the end, that will actually be the, mo the most excellent way. Friends, we know your time is valuable, and we want to thank you for joining us today in the hallway. We uh, well, we have a long list of topics topics to talk about. We want to know what hallway conversations you would like to hear. And if you have ideas or questions or feedback or just simply want to share what hallway conversations you're having, please email us at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Um, we just want to say thank you for the good, God-delighting work that you are doing in your schools and communities. We are truly thankful for you. As you go into this week, we just want to, to wish upon you or to say to you that um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Have Amen. a good week, everyone. Have a thank, great week. Thank you. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up by Matt and Dave during one of their hallway conversations. Our music was created by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Dave Mulder and Matt Beamers. Thanks for listening.